Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Super big thanks go out to Jose Cruz and Ace Andrews. Jose was uh, helping my guest around the studio today, get familiar with everything that's going on. And Ace Andrews, he'll be engineering the show. Hey, have you gone out to iWorkForHim.com recently? I would like to invite you to personally go out there. Out there, you can find out all about our archives, all about our podcasts. You can subscribe to our podcast. You can subscribe to our weekly blog that I write that's all about the business world. And you can also join the I Work For Him Nation. Many of you are out there going, Jim, I've heard you talk about the I Work For Him Nation. What is this all about? We're looking for Christ followers around the country to make the commitment to really be a missionary in the workplace, to recognize that your workplace is... It's your mission field. And in that mission field, you and me, we may be the only Jesus our coworkers and our employees may ever meet. The I Work For Him Nation asks you to start praying for your coworkers and employees by name each and every day, looking for ways to serve them, looking for ways to befriend them, looking for ways to pray with them when you notice they're having a rough day. But all along, being an employee of excellence, regardless of your position, whether you're the janitor or the CEO, to do things with excellence, to treat people as Christ would have them treated, to ask that question all day long, what would Jesus do? That's what it means to be a member of the I Work For Him Nation, because Jesus did all of those things naturally each and every day. But it does take a paradigm shift in our minds. Romans 12, 2 reminds us of this. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. And I got to tell you, Right now, if you listen to the news, the behaviors and customs of this world are ridiculously out of whack. They do not seem to be going in any direction but downhill, and they're catching up speed. They are, they are gaining speed significantly. So God says, but let me transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. It's so important that we do that, that we allow the Holy Spirit of God to come inside of us and to change the way we think. Every day on I Work For Him, we try to broach a different subject on how we can incorporate our faith into the workplace. And a couple of weeks ago, I guess is a couple of months ago, the time flies when you're having a good time, I was introduced to a new author, Sherry Cowell. But she's not just an author. She's an entrepreneur. She's not just an entrepreneur. She's a trainer of entrepreneurs. And I loved her story. And I said, Sherry, would you please come on? I work for him. And she actually made the trip from Orlando to Tampa today down the second most dangerous highway in the United States of America, I-4. Sherry Cowell, welcome to I Work For Him. 
It's great to be here. Thank you. Well, and I'm glad you're safe. It's always nice to have people make it all in one piece to the show. <laughs> yes, I like to be here in one piece, too. So talk to me about, you know, I love to ask people the question on how have you noticed the Lord work in your life or how's Jesus making an impact? But the question today is, how have you noticed the Lord working in those intimate details of your life recently? The details that you think, why is the Lord, why does he care about those small little things? But yet he does. How have you noticed that? Oh, my goodness. Every single day I talk to amazing authors, amazing writers with incredible stories. Yesterday I was on the phone with a woman from Nicaragua, and she had an amazing story to share and is working with uh, someone in Germany. Uh, Only God can put pieces of the puzzle together like that from Germany that she is hoping to get her story out there. And then the day before I was talking with someone else who's um, was was in a um, uh, in a in a car with her bride daughter on the way to the wedding, and right behind them was another uh, a car with her three daughters, bridesmaids, and the car with her bridesmaids, uh, her daughters was bride broadsided, and all three were killed on her oldest daughter's wedding day, and. Her story was just so impactful, so amazing. And these are the stories that I get to publish. These are the stories that I get to um, to get out into the world so that they can make a statement for Jesus. And I am so blessed to be able to be a part of, of spreading his stories around the world. And that's what I love about the radio. This show is not about me. If it was, it'd be a very boring show. But I love people sharing their testimonies because... We all, our faith grows when we hear other people's testimonies because we see how the Lord is working in their lives. And there's 7 billion people out there and they all experience God differently. Amen. And when we hear how the Lord interacts with you, I was going like, well, if the Lord's interacting with you that way, then he can interact with me that way. Absolutely, he and, can. You know, I'm reading, a, I'm reading an interesting book. It's very, very fascinating. Somebody, uh, this earlier this week, somebody here in Tampa Bay gave me the book by Brother Lawrence about a powerful book being in god's presence yes i'm like well is this guy still alive oh uh, no jimmy's been dead for 300 years because i like to read books where i can interview people afterwards he goes no you missed that one by a few hundred they didn't have radio back then but it was i'm just astounded at some of the insights that this guy had yes washing so, dishes unto the lord and, oh you know but but the most significant thing i've heard so far and, and it was and it really touched me because we're kind of as martha and i are when all into our work for him a few months ago, he wrote in there, it, you know, it's kind of a desert spot where you're like, you're just waiting on the Lord, waiting on the Lord, waiting on the Lord. And he goes, one of the most significant revelations to him was he was sitting there in early spring and he's looking at a tree that has no leaves and no fruit. Mm. And he goes, but I know there's hope because I know one day there are going to be leaves and fruit on that tree. Yes. And that brought me hope. Yes. Like, that's pretty cool. That's a great perspective. Now, people live in Florida, they have no idea what we're talking about. But, <laughs> you know, trees lose their leaves up north. All right, we're talking today with Sherry Cowell. She's got a publishing company called EA Books Publishing. And you can also find out more about her online at Sherry Cowell, C-A-W-E-L-L.com. Sherry, when I heard about you from our good friend and our mutual friend, Laura Petherbridge, who's been on the air with us multiple times. In fact, we did a marriage retreat cruise last year together, the four of us, Steve and Laura and Martha and I. And she goes, you guys. You got you to talk to Sherry because she really understands the workplace as a ministry. 
Talk to me about how you first were introduced to Jesus, though. How, how, how did that come into play in your life? introduced to Jesus. I grew up in the church. Both of my grandfathers were Methodist pastors. So I was surrounded with Jesus. And uh, um, one day in third grade Sunday school, the teacher, which I thought she was the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen, she just glowed Jesus. She shined Jesus. And I wanted so much to be like her. And one day she, she invited us to join her in in the salvation prayer and uh sue meyer was was the one who introduced me to jesus as my personal savior i prayed that prayer that day and i can remember it like it was yesterday because all the green on the trees became greener Hmm. and the sunshine became brighter and i then understood why my teacher glowed with jesus and i hope that i'm doing that very same thing that's that's a cool story third grade yes so you go through high school you go into college when did you figure out that you were an author when did you figure out that you could write well, my my first book, uh, titled Direction, Discernment for the Decisions of Your Life, I have four books that are traditionally published. And that first book tells uh, what I call my church wounding stories. Uh, I'm not very proud of that fact, but it is who I am. It makes up who I am. And the church sometimes can be a very difficult place to, sure, to be. Sure, it's full of people. It is. And uh, so I, I bookend uh, that story because in the... In the book, uh, I, I go over seven questions anyone can ask themselves when they're facing tough decisions. So it's a it's a spiritual uh, journey uh, book that that tells people how they can hear and discern God's will. And I bookend that that book with my two church wounding stories because the the book is truly about that spiritual discernment process. But I also want people to know that if you've been in that painful place, if you've been in that place where you're saying, God, I don't want to ever do this again. Is there a better way of knowing and doing your will rather than just looking for open and closed doors? Is there some way so that I don't end up in this painful place again? I want people to know that there is an answer and that there's someone who's been there and I understand where they've been. Mm. And, and just reading and writing, you're like, hey, how did this lady write my book? I mean, yes. yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it, it's true. I mean, you, you re- I, I read a lot of books for the show, I, you know, somewhere between 50 and 60 a year. And sometimes you're reading, and you're like, wow, I can't wait to have this person on the radio because they, I mean, they're writing what my story is. And I love that. And I sometimes think well, I should write a book and then I go like, no, I'm a radio guy. <laughs> Everybody says you got to write a book. Everybody said you have to write a book in order to become a, ra- a true radio talk show host. I'm like, why? Where's that rule book? I have looked for that rule book. I don't see it anywhere. Exactly. You know, nobody is writing the rules but God. He, he can do anything he wants to do. One of the most common questions I receive from authors all the time is, how do I make it to the, you know, bestsellers list? And the answer to that question is, is we do what we know to do the best we know how to do it. We do it with excellence because we serve an excellent God. And then we leave the results in his hands and he blesses what he wants to bless and he uses how he wants to use the little tidbits in our lives. And if he chooses to make it a number one bestseller, then that's all to God's glory. But if he chooses just to use it to bless one person, to introduce one person to Jesus Christ, then then that is that is an equal blessing. Absolutely. And, and and you never know the impact that you're going to make. So 
you but you you didn't really answer the question on how did you know you were an author were you just was that your journal that you wrote out the the church wounding experience and then you're like well maybe i should publish this or how did you No, I mean, the reality is is that nobody wanted to uh hire a uh a youth pastor because that was the, what i did for 15 years nobody wanted to hire a youth pastor who had been falsely accused of awful atrocious things and so I said, okay, Lord, what do I, what do I know how to do? What are you going to do with me? I'm, I'm too young to retire. And yet all I know what to do is sit on the four cross-legged with a bunch of teenagers and, and lead retreats. I, I don't know what, I, I don't know what I'm qualified to do. And God in his graciousness uh, turned all of that around. He just opened one little door and I walked through it and he opened another little door and I walked through that. Uh, I was invited to to submit my story in an anthology, you know, like a chicken soup type book and it was accepted. And I thought, huh, maybe, maybe I can write. I didn't know. I, I didn't know that I was going to be a writer. Uh, I can't honestly say that I had this mapped out as, as what I was going to do next. I, I, I just was obedient in following the next step. So your first workplace was a mission field of youth ministry. Yes. 15 years. 15 years. So Mar- Martha and I did 20 years of volunteer youth ministry, but I, I know the, the toughest part about youth ministry is not the kids. It's the parents. Uh, amen. <laughs> I also yes. taught school. I also taught junior high for one year. That is also the case. In case anybody wants to have a giggle, I should show you some of the home videos from me teaching class. No, they're not. There's none out there on Facebook. Don't look or or YouTube. Working in a church is tough. I mean, it's one it of the tough. It's it's a tough mission field because for some reason. The deepest evil seems to come out in churches. Well, wounded people wound people. Right, hurting people hurt people. Absolutely. Yes. My wife yes. taught me that. Yes, it, and it's very true. It's very evident in the church, and and you know, when I tell that that particular story, I'm telling it because not because the church is a bad place. Uh, no, the church, the church is, is a amazing. hospital of wounded people, right? And I tell that story because I want others to know that there is there is healing and reconciliation no matter what your story so if you've if you've been wounded by a fellow christian god wants to redeem that he wants to he wants to take it and he wants to make it something beautiful the first time that i i spoke in a in a church with my with my direction book i really thought i was teaching the spiritual discernment process <laughs> and god showed me afterwards by the number of people that came up to me in whispered voices saying thank you for sharing your story because a similar thing happened to me and i've been i've been harboring this anger I've been holding on to to this resentment, and I almost blame God for it. And yet, you showed me that God is not not the cause of of my pain; that He really does have a plan for me. And Hallelujah, God has a plan for every single one of us. That Jesus came to restore all things. All things. The unfortunate part is having to restore His church. Yes. But we are all. I mean, we are His church. One pastor I, I went to church with for many years said, "You know." If there's a perfect church out there, let me know, but don't go, because if you attend, you'll screw it up. I mean, because the only perfect church out there would be people one without people, I mean, yes. and it wouldn't be a church then. It would just be a church building. Yes. So, I mean, church is a little rough, but I mean, it's that's the beauty of, that's what we talk about on I Work For Him. We talk about the fact that we need to bring our faith with us into our workplaces, but even in our workplaces, we run across quote unquote Christians 
that that create wounding experiences there. Yes. I mean, I, I, that was part of my testimony was I, I, I kept running into Christians in business, and I don't call them Christ followers, Christians in business that would steal from me or lie to me or set a bad example or cheat or whatever. I'm like, what? what, 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 what? That's, that's not, it shouldn't be. Up until 2009, the only person I'd ever lost money to was somebody who called himself a Christian. Yes. Now, my, in 2009, that was rectified. Somebody you know wasn't a Christian stole from me. I felt at least balanced by that. So. <laughs> in my third book, uh, which is uh, titled Living the Story, it's a... Uh, it's written for today's um, millennials, for people that are uh, that have family members uh, that are millennials, uh, people that have lost interest in the church because, uh, as Barna has uh, has discovered in their research, uh, the, the the top three definitions for a Christian are judgmental, uh, hate homosexuals. And are um, uh, uh, hateful, and those are those are terrible descriptions. Uh, but that's how they see us, and so this book has a fictional story thread woven throughout the book that paints a picture of what we could be like as the body of Christ if we truly accepted the challenge that we are his hands and feet in the world. What would what would it look like if we truly became that to people that are maybe marginalized, people that are on the outside, people that are in your work workplace, uh, people that are in the cubicle next to you, who you are the only Christian that they've ever seen. You're the only one that they that they can trust. And they're watching you. They're they're saying, how is how is he or how is she handling this crisis in their life? Boy, that's not the way I would handle it. They've got something else. They've got something in them that I want. And that's what this book is, is painting a picture of what we could be. We're talking today with Sherry Cowell. You can find out more about her online at Sherry, that's C-H-E-R-I, Cowell, C-O-W-E-L-L dot com, or more about her business where she can help you publish a book, eabookspublishing.com. I want so much to just dig into more of your story. Because I think your story is, people are going, I want to hear more. I want to hear more of how the Lord rescued her from ministry to get back into ministry. Because really... He, he, he kind of blipped your life and took you from where you thought you were going to probably spend a lot of your life and twisted it and put you in a different spot. Yes. I, I At the time, I really thought that I was damaged goods. Uh, how, could, how could God possibly use me? Uh, once again, but but that, that is God's specialty. Uh, he he is a uh, rag picker. He picks up the rags and he turns filthy rags into clean white linen once again, and that's exactly what he did with my life. I really thought that he could not use me again, and here I am. Not only do I have uh, the wonderful gift of being able to to write uh, books that glorify him, but I'm able to publish other people who have books and get their messages out into the kingdom. And then beyond that, uh, I have a nonprofit that I am able to help other nonprofits to run their businesses more efficiently and effectively for the kingdom so that they can stay in business and uh, glorify God in what they're called to do. So what a wonderful, what a wonderful God we serve. Amen to that. Well, now you spent those 15 years in youth ministry, and that's a few years ago that you got out of the youth ministry. 
century. Yes, 2000. Okay, uh, so year 2000. 16 years. I am sure by now you've started to hear from some of those kids because Facebook is around now. Those kids who are now adults and who have their children of their own. And they're telling you about the impact that you had on their lives. Yes, I have on, on the wall in my office uh, a framed uh, handwritten note from a 13-year-old thanking me for introducing her to Jesus, that um, she never would have met Jesus because of her troubled home life, that she never would have met Jesus if she had not gone to a retreat that I led. And to me, that that little framed handwritten note is, is my legacy. It, it is what God asked me to do, and I was faithful with the calling on my life at that time. And um, hopefully that's what I'm continuing to do today. Well, and you, you kind of have multiple focuses now. I mean, you're, you're a writer. You're also a publisher. Yes. I imagine that also involves some editing as well, but then you also are a trainer. I mean, you help people write better books, and you're also helping small businesses. So I don't even know where to start that whole tackling, you, because the Lord is, I mean, how did that all happen? I mean, you, you started writing a book, which was just your story to talk about the pain that you went through. How did you end up being a publisher? Well, um, I was attending seminary, Asbury Theological Seminary uh, in Orlando. And while I was attending seminary, my husband kept encouraging me, Sherry, you need to check into ebooks because that's where things are going. And I, I said to my husband, I said, you know, Christian world is just, we're, we're so far behind in technology and, and such. The, the publishing world is just not there. And he kept nudging me and nudging me as our our wonderful spouses tend to do sometimes you know they they're who god speaks through the loudest yeah we're not listening of course that's right that's right and eventually i said okay okay i will look into it and i bought the software and my um, technical guru friend bob helped me figure it out it was not as easy as i had been led to believe and so when we got my stuff out there i said to him i said bob i said i have a lot of author friends who don't have a Bob. Would you be interested in helping them? And he said, sure. So I wasn't planning on starting a publishing company. That was God's plan. I was just going to help a few author friends. Uh, We now have uh, 12 people that work for us, and uh, we grew by 65% last year. Uh, that's just unheard of. And it's all because I really do believe we're doing what God has asked us to do in the way that he's asked us to do it. We run our business with uh, integrity, uh, with excellence, uh, with love. Uh, we pray over our authors every week. Uh, we, we pray over every situation that comes about, and God is just faithful. Mention the titles of your other books that we're not giving away today, but people can get them online, right? I imagine they can get them at eabookspublishing.com, right? Actually, the sherrycowell.com is my author site. Okay, so that's where they can get your stuff. Yes, and the latest book that uh, just came out, besides the 365 uh, Devotions for Peace, is uh, One Story, One Mission, One God. It's a Bible study overview of the entire Bible in 12 weeks. What? Wow. Yes. That'd be like a sprint. Okay. It is. My my contention is that we've received the Bible in bits and pieces, in tiny little stories, and we don't know how it all fits together. And some of us have been told that there's a God of the Old Testament and a God of the New Testament, and the God of the Old Testament is vengeful and hateful, and uh, the God of the New Testament is all about love. And I just want to scream, he's the same God. He's the same God yesterday and today and tomorrow, and he has always been about grace, and that's what this 
Bible study is hopefully going well, to show people. Well, if you can people. get people to actually read the scriptures, they will see that. Yes. But it's a struggle. I mean, if you're listening out there and you've not read your Bible from one end to the other, I understand it's difficult. I would recommend you get one of these latest versions. I love the New Living Translation. Get the chronological Bible. Or get my Bible study. Or, and have <laughs> Sherry's Bible study alongside of you to help you along with that. But the chronological really it puts a big picture together, especially for people that are like, well, how does all this stuff fit together? You're right. Your Bible study. That was a good plug, though. I like that. <laughs> your first book, which really was your, your story of really being healed from the wounding that happened within the church. What was that called? Yes. Direction, discernment for the decisions of your life. And then there's another Bible study with AMG uh, Bible Publishers, and it's in the Following God series, and it's called Parables and Word Pictures. Wow. Okay. You love the alliteration in your in your titles. I like that. <laughs> hey, I'd like to thank James for listening in Tampa and for also calling in and getting a copy of the 365 Devotions for Peace written by Sherry Cowell. James, we'll get that out to you in the next week, but thanks so much for listening and tuning in to I Work For Him. You know, if you ever have the opportunity to reach out via email and just give me some feedback, whether it's James or anybody else listening out there, Martha and I would love to hear from you. Just say, hey, we're listening. We love it. We love it if you do this. We don't like it when you do that. Whatever. We'd love to hear from you. It's always okay. Uh, we can take it, but we'd love to just hear from you. It would be such an encouragement. You can always reach us off our website, iworkforhim.com. Click on the contact us or just email us, jim at iworkforhim.com or martha at iworkforhim.com. Dot com. All right, Sherry, you went from youth pastor to author, and then you started a publishing company, eabookspublishing.com. How did you, what, what exactly can you do for a budding author? Well, uh, I teach at writers' conferences, so there's uh, uh, a lot of classes that I I, I offer, and um, those are about uh, publishing devotionals, publishing articles, uh, how to get your foot in the door, all of those kinds of things. But when someone is ready to to publish a book, we're going to take their Microsoft Word manuscript, and we're going to format it. We're going to do all of the work that uh, re- is required in laying out the book so that it really does look like a book. And, uh, and then we're going to upload it so it's available everywhere that books are sold. So it'll be on Amazon. Amazon and Barnes and Noble and uh, Kobo is the international market. So for all of you who have dreamed of an international bestseller, we can get your book out there so that's available everywhere that books are sold. And uh, and then we help with marketing and editing and illustrating. We have children's authors, so uh, our our books are can be illustrated. And so we are a full full fledged uh, publishing company. Uh, the E and the A stand for electric electronic and audio, but since then we added all of the other services in, including print books, and so therefore the word publishing got added on to to help people understand that we are all of the above. Hmm. So I figured if I write a book, it's going to have those coloring pages every other one so that people can color. That's the latest craze, right? The coloring books. It is. Books, right? It I've is. Had, it's huge. I've had some authors on that have coloring books we've given away, and the lines, the phone lines light up when you give away. Uh, I can't. Uh, Deborah Cody had yes. a new. Yes. She had She's a, a friend of mine. Yeah. Well, of course, all you authors know each other. You're all interconnected. <laughs> well, and, and I was invited to go to a writer's conference one time, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not ready. Susie Q is putting on. Oh, yes. She's and, wonderful. Yeah. And and I'm like, yeah, I can't do this. There's, I don't have any time. <laughs> and I'm not sure what I would write about anyway. Uh, there's so many phenomenal books out there on Marketplace Ministry. I don't know what I'd have to add. The only thing that's different is my story. 
That's the only thing that's different. And that's what makes all of us different. It's our story. Yeah, but I'm not sure that that different is readable. But, you know. <laughs> okay, so so you, you can do everything that an author needs, whether they want to produce it or publish it electronically only, or they want to and put it out there on audiobook. Yes. Or, so do you do the audio recordings, or do you have... We, we, have, uh, we have the narrators, the professional narrators, and the sound engineers. Uh, all of that information is on our, our website, our EA Books Publishing website, and so it's all spelled out there. We don't have anything to hide. It's it's very clearly uh, explained. Uh, the 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 exciting thing with the audiobooks is that they're in such high demand because people are traveling back and forth to work for sometimes an hour, an hour and a half uh, to get to their place of business. So uh, audiobooks are in high demand. You are going to laugh, but I listened to my first audiobook last week. Good for you. Never have I listened. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's embarrassing that I, that's only for, but I read. I like to, I love the smell of the print. But Martha and I were traveling and we were, and somebody gave us an audiobook. And I'm like, okay, well, let's listen to it. Yeah, probably it, not a good idea to read while you're driving down the road. Well, not when I'm driving. Martha could read out loud to me, but <laughs> that lasts for about five minutes because I'm tired of reading. But we listened to this audiobook and, and I really enjoyed it. Now, I, now, it's certain books I'm sure would be like, I can't listen to the audio Bible. It's like, I got to picture it. I got to see it. It goes way too fast. I don't know how you ever absorb it. But okay, so you went from being a youth pastor, starting to write about your experiences. You started becoming an author. You decided to do a publishing company because you saw a desperate need for it. How did you end up being a, a, a business mentor? How did you oh. end up? How did how did that end up being you being a business coach? Uh, again, you know, God is so so good. He is so very good. I attended a uh, grant writing workshop, and when we got to the grant writing workshop, I was one of a hundred people uh, in attendance. And the lady uh, that was leading the workshop said, "Okay, right up front, I just I, I need to dispel a myth. There is no money." for startup costs. So if you are here thinking that you're going to get a grant so that you can start your business, uh, that's just not available. And you could have heard the air come out of the room. Uh, so all of these people, that's what they were there for. So throughout the day, I talked to some amazing people who have huge hearts for their their ministries, for their vision. Um, but it became really obvious throughout the day that as I was talking to them that they were really great at what they were called to do, but many of them did not have the business knowledge to be able to carry that vision through. And as I began to listen to God speaking in that wonderful little small voice in the back of my head, he said, Sherry, this is what you're good at. Sherry, this is what I've gifted you for. This is where your intersection of your giftedness is intersecting with the need that is out there. Go do something about it. And I thought, Oh, Lord, I, I'm not sure that I can do that. And he said, that's not what I've asked you. I've not asked you if you think you can do it. I've asked you to go and do. And so uh, that's what my 501c3 is uh, developed for. We offer micro loans for uh, other Christian uh, small businesses uh, with uh, for money for startup costs. And with that comes the string that they will attend our Small Business Success Incubator Program. And my board of directors is putting the final touches on this right now. And so soon, at the end of 2017, we will be offering our first microloans. Uh, 
for people that will go through our success incubator program. And at the end of that, they will be set up to be able to successfully run their businesses and uh, continue to do the ministry that God has called them to do. Hmm. That's cool. What is one of the biggest things you see budding entrepreneurs struggling with? Well, let's talk about several things because people are out there listening and go, well, I was thinking about starting my own business, but I don't know how to even get started. And the grant thing, this is so true. I mean, you, you need to have a proven thing and then maybe you can get a grant. Yes. Which maybe that's something I should think about. Okay. So talk to me about what are some of the things that people struggle with? Well, everybody thinks, okay, the first thing that I need to do is I need to set up a nonprofit. And that's not necessarily the first thing that you need to do. Uh, The first thing is you need to find out what is already happening in your community. What are other people already doing and they're doing it well? Where is the need that you can fill that is being unmet? Uh, so often we think, okay, this is what I think, but we haven't done the research. We haven't found out, oh my goodness, there are 15 other ministries that are doing the same thing that I had vision. So maybe that's not where I'm being called to, but maybe there's this one part right. of that puzzle that is being uh, being missed, and that's where I can fit in. So you you lean towards those people that want to set up nonprofits. They want to set up ministry-related businesses. Yes. And do you see a pattern amongst those people that they really have a heart for ministry, yet they really don't have any idea on the operational administrative side? Do this administrative accounting. Um, I, I'll be the first to admit accounting is not my thing. But so your husband's thing, so you're good. It is my husband's thing. But I knew when I was hiring people that that was the first person that I needed to hire was someone that was good at that. So identifying what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are so that you can surround yourself with people that are good at the things you're not good at. If uh, going out uh, to um, to after hours meetings and, and meeting with uh, other corporate uh uh, people, that's your thing, that you're good at, at talking about your ministry. Well, that's what you're good at. But maybe running the day-to-day operations of a successful business is not your thing. Uh, so, so yes, identifying what you're good at and, and, and then finding those that believe in your ministry, believe in your passion, uh, but they have different giftedness. It's what you've described, I mean, all of us know somebody exactly the way you just described them. People that are, they've got a heart and a passion for something, but, and they're really, they're really good at that, but they don't know the other stuff that's got to go on around it. And and that's the beauty of really interacting with business people who, I mean, there's a lot of phenomenal ministries like pastors. Most of them are really good at teaching evangelism and discipleship, but the administration, management, organization, and finance stuff is something they typically struggle with. Well, that's fine. There's tons of business people sitting here right now that are listening going, hey, I, but I could help. And that's what the whole idea is behind I Work For Him. We've all been given different gift sets, and it doesn't matter what we do, we can do it for the glory of the Lord. We're talking to Sherry Cowell today. You can find out more about her online at sherrycowell.com. That's C-H-E-R-I-C-O-W-E-L-L.com. And all of that on Facebook tonight, so if you're driving, you don't have to write it down. She's got an amazing story, which she's written a lot of books about, but she also is set up to help Christian small business nonprofits really get set up and run properly. You've got this small business incubator program, Sherry, that 
you will help them get micro enterprise loans to start their businesses if they go through this incubator program. What are how do people find out about that? Uh, website is uh, www.living-parables.com. And what are they going to what are they going to learn? I mean, you know, in an overview. The, the application process is also one of probably the best things that you could do because it's going to give you a big eye-opener thinking, wow, I hadn't thought that I, I, I should have my pastor involved in this it's because that's one of the things that we ask is we want them to have a letter of recommendation from their pastor. So if you haven't talked to your pastor about this dream, this vision that you have uh, on your heart, that's one of the first things that you need to do is is you need a prayer team. You need a support team that is going to be behind you, uh, not people that uh, are just going to volunteer, but people that are going to sit behind you in prayer and lift you up because uh, the enemy doesn't like what we do, and we all need prayer support. Amen to that. It's just so powerful what you're doing and helping people get started. And people need advice. People need to, like, where do I turn? I mean, I have no idea where to turn, but I got, but I feel like the Lord's laying something on my heart. And there are lots of people listening today. They're going, Jim, that's me. I, I, the Lord's laying something on my heart, but I have no idea how to get started. And Taking that first step, you know, Psalm 119, 105 says, you know, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's just a little light, though. I mean, because it was 3,500 years ago. So those lamps just barely lit where your feet were going. So this may be that light that people were looking for. It's like, well, I could just talk to Sherry Cowell. She can help me out. Yes, that's a, I would love that's a, to. That's a I would love cool, to talk with And you don't people. deal with people yes. just in Florida, right? You can help people all over the world, right? All over the world. Right. Absolutely. That's beautiful because we have people listening all over the world. So that's fantastic. What's one last thing? As we close this out, that you want the, the people that are thinking, well, maybe I've got an idea for a ministry. What's one thing you, another thing you see thing people really struggle with besides the money side, dealing with the money. What's one of the things you see them really struggle with that they're not prepared for? I think one of the, the biggest obstacles that we have is our past. Um, Satan, Satan is really good at using our past to try to convince us that we are not worthy, that God is not going to use us because we're damaged goods. And I want people out there to know that your past is the exact reason that God is going to use you because when he, when he succeeds through you, the whole world will know that it's him, that it's not you. It's not me. Uh, I, I, I know exactly what that feels like, and I know what it feels like to step out in faith and say, okay, God, I don't trust me, but I do trust you. And, and I'm going to take the next step, like you said, that little lamp. I'm going to take the next step that the light is, is showing in front of me. And I'm not going to worry about the 15 steps down the road. I'm going to take that next step. Well, and what's key there is surrounding yourself with somebody that can help you see those lies. Because a lot of times we can't see the lies that we believe. We need to have somebody go, but that's not true. That must be the enemy. That's not true. Because the enemy is really good at, at selling lies. Oh, yes. Sherry Cowell, thank you so much for being on I Work For Him today. It was thank awesome. Thank you. It was awesome. Thanks for tuning in to I Work For Him today. I really appreciate it. And I, if you missed some of the show, go out there and listen to the archive on I Work For Him. And maybe you want to listen to more shows. We've, we've got every show podcasted out there on iTunes. You can subscribe right there on iWorkForHim.com. Or you can also go out to iTunes and just look up I Work For Him. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower, and I own my own business, but ultimately, I work for him. I work for him.